0: Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox Podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago, um, kind of. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson, uh, host of the CHGO White Sox Podcast. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at EchnerWall23 on uh, X. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And... He's kind of in our studio, but not really, because he's like miles, I think thousands of miles away. Uh, It's Vinny Duber. Uh, Not sunburned yet, but he's in Arizona. Hi, Vinny. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, we're good. Excited to talk to you. You are live in Arizona, uh, and you just posted at AllCHGO. New season, new White Sox. Go check that out. Uh, You got quotes from Pedro Grafol, who you talked to today. You got quotes from Chris Getz, who you talked to yesterday, and then he had to jump on a plane. Uh, You were very uh, active yesterday, and you've been active today. Uh, They're putting you to work. Uh, So we're going to bring you... Pedro Grifold video and uh, parts that was included in Vinny's article. Uh, we are also going to be talking about Garrett Crochet, who we talked about yesterday. Uh, Chris Getz had comments about Garrett Crochet's plan. Uh, now, Garrett Crochet talked to Vinny and the media down there. But first, Vinny, I mean, how's it going? I mean, obviously, you did this last year. We have the cactus to remember you. We have Southpaw, your alter ego. Uh, but how, how's it going? How's Arizona?
1: Arizona is great as always. The weather is just spectacular here. High 60s, low 70s. Uh, The sun is shining. I know they just had some rainstorms before I got here, but that cleared out to make way for spring training. Uh, It's pitchers and catchers eve and it is a lovely one here in the desert.
0: So it's pitcher and catcher's eve, but Pedro Griffol said one catcher was mich- missing, but it also sounds like Vaughn, Mancada, we know, we talked to Nicky Lopez, who uh, I think lives in Arizona. It does seem like it's kind of already a, a full-ish camp.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they've got 70 players coming to camp, around 70. I think maybe 68 is the number uh, last time I looked. Uh, But Pedro Grafol said everybody but six or seven guys are here. That's position players included. So um, I think this is kind of the new norm for the most part, as you just mentioned about Nicky Lopez. A, a, a nice handful of these guys live in Arizona year round. So, you know, they're right down the street and ready to go, uh, when it, when it comes to getting to camp and, you know, a, a lot of these guys, particularly on this white Sox team kind of hungry to, you know, as Chris gets said, prove themselves, but maybe win a job or, or, or make sure that they can secure a spot on this roster. Um, it starts early. It starts, uh, it starts now. And I mean, actually it started before now, and this is kind of the norm, you know, when we, when we get here, the media, um, Most of the guys are already here.
2: As opposed to other camps that you've covered, how's the attendance this year? You said there's only six guys left that uh, Pedro said. Usually, is it just people trickling in after pitchers and catchers report? Or what's the attendance like this year as opposed to the ones you've covered before?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty similar to, to what it's been in the past. Usually you see the guys who maybe have to come from foreign countries, you know, if they still live, uh, you know, uh, down in the Caribbean or, or, or places like that. They are maybe perhaps the ones that, that are later to come because their travel is a little bit more uh, involved than it would be just hopping on a plane, um, you know. But uh, I, I can't speak. We didn't see a lot of the action today as we were talking with Pedro and uh, Garrett back at the facility, less so out on the fields. But, you um, like Pedro said, basically everybody's here already. So, uh, that's, it's pretty much, like I said, pretty much the norm with these guys who, who like to get to work after sitting around for a few months.
0: Yeah. I mean, Eric Fetty, also international, still flying over from Korea probably. Cause I mean, that's just so far away. Um, it, also, uh, you did tweet out 68 people on the big league camp, uh, but two new additions, uh, before we get into the Garrett Crochet talk, uh, that's going to be our main topic. Will Garrett Crochet be a, ta- uh, a starter? We talked about this yesterday, uh, with Chris Getz's comments. So we'll think, uh, so hear Vinny's thoughts on what Chris Getz had to say, uh, but also hear from uh, Garrett Crochet himself. Uh, but two new additions, uh, Corey Knable, uh, who last pitched with the bigs uh, or in the bigs with the Phillies in 2022, or uh, 2022, I don't know, how, and uh, Dominic Leone, who split time with the Mets, Angels, and Mariners. Um, so it does seem like more bullpen additions. Uh, any interest in these guys? Because Knable is a former All-Star, so, I mean, it's not like a— a nobody i mean these two guys have a lot of major league time
1: yeah we've talked about the bullpen all offseason long is really being in my opinion just completely open uh you know in terms of spots there with the exception of some of the veterans that they brought in on major league deals your john Brebia, tim hill those kinds of guys but you know why can't A, you know, Corey Canable, if healthy, win one of those spots. Why can't it be Dominic Leone? I mean, these these are guys who obviously have done it before. And if you're talking about guys who are maybe a little bit on the fence, you know, guys who have names that have been around for a little bit, maybe a guy like. Jimmy Lambert or something like that who's had mm, kind of some success at the major league level but some struggles as well why can't uh, a guy who's had a lot of success at the major league level come in even if it's a little while ago and if he's healthy go ahead and and, and win a job I think there's a lot of jobs up for grabs in that relief core for the White Sox
0: and Pedro Giffel is going to later tell you that he loves competition um, and Garrett Crochet is a part of that competition so let's move into this again you can follow Vinny at Vinny Duber he's tweeting out uh, Vinny of batting practice through fences already it is spring training season uh, so go follow our chgo white Sox beat writer who's down in arizona at vinnie duber uh, and again he's got a new uh, article up at all Uh let's hear first from garrett crochet because vinnie's arms uh, have done a lot of work again like all of these guys that are flying uh they've been flapping very hard vinnie's been holding up a camera for i think a grand total like totaled it up uh, 33 minutes today uh so vinnie got his workout in um yeah. let's hear from uh, garrett crochet we're going to play the full comments from him because this is a guy trying to make his mark here in 2024
3: uh, you talked to us at the end of last year about the desire to start, and you had to give it a chance and wanted yep. to see what you could do. How happy are you, and how how focused are you with them giving you know hearing you out and giving you that opportunity?
4: Yeah, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I had a conversation with Getz early in the off season and felt like it went really well. Um, kind of just stated like a, it's not like I expected to be given anything. I just want a chance to kind of fight for a spot and earn it, and at the end of spring training reevaluate. So was able to really get down to uh, kind of doing a little bit of a mechanical overhaul this off season. Um, nothing crazy just kind of making sure that the, the velo doesn't – isn't as forced as it maybe was. When I came back from Tommy John, that was a big thing in the recovery for me was kind of just learning to, to throw hard often again without putting too much strain on my body, um, along with just developing the change-up further, kind of working on some other stuff that I hope to showcase this spring. But, but yeah, I'm ecstatic.
5: Conditioning-wise, you've always been in good condition, but you, you look bigger and stronger. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Uh,
4: I was a lot bigger last year, actually, throughout TJ I put on. I mean, my, my goal is to gain some weight, but I put on a little too much weight, so I slimmed back down to I'm about 245 right now, 250. So I, I feel like that's a comfortable weight for me um, to just kind of maintain throughout the season. Um, a little bit more weight to kind of help with durability, or at least that's the goal in mind. So uh, just hope to have a good, uh, healthy season this year. What's,
3: What's the key to the... prepping to be a starter?
4: Yeah, for me it was more so just the mindset and, and kind of just the buy-in. I, that was what me and Chris talked about a lot was um, – kind of flip in between start and relieve in. Wh- which one's it going to be? Uh, just needing to buy into one. So so for me, that, that that's the big key. Um kind of getting into the multiple ups of things uh, through multiple up live last week but but going to kind of progress slowly
3: uh, through spring just kind of trying to take every precaution necessary to have a full healthy year what is the plan that they've kind of laid out I mean I'm you know, specific you want to go into but I imagine you've talked to Ethan and probably Brian even a little bit this off season yeah a little bit um so I know that it's going
4: to be kind of a slower build up than typical starter just because I don't really have the innings space on I right. mean it's it's kind of been a while since I've done that but but for me at least in the past when I started uh Kind of once you get to the two ups, uh, three ups comes a little bit more naturally. It's really just being able to sit down and get back up and go out there. Um, so for me, I, I expect once it starts to progress for, the, for it to pick up a little bit more steam and for it to flow better than uh, than maybe we're hoping for. Um, obviously with, with not having done it so long, it's really, uh, who knows what's to come, but I guess it's just kind of on me in that scenario to be, be honest about how I'm feeling in my recovery. Uh, just kind of put the team in the best case uh, when spring breaks.
2: What is it about starting the team?
4: Yeah. So for me, and back in 21, there were a lot of times when I went out there just for one inning, and I, I felt like I had some more outs in me. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of the most value that I can bring to the team, and uh, I feel like that's kind of that's kind of the prize pony of uh, Major League Baseball. I mean everybody wants to be able to start not everyone can do it and for me I have a lot of self-belief that I can do it so I just kind of want to want a chance to prove that
5: psychologically do you feel good about the fact that they're so open with you about a plan and on top of that the fact that they're talking we asked Pedro about whether it'll be an opener or not so that innings isn't necessarily the only criteria that they're looking at here with you
4: uh yeah definitely um uh, I guess in my mind right now, I still have to go out and win a job. Um, kind of like I said uh, moments ago, it's it's not ex- something I'm expecting to be given. I, I have to go out there and earn it. And uh, performance is first and foremost at that front. So I'm just looking forward to having a good spring. Um, just kind of slowly progressing along the way and uh, getting hitters out.
1: Do you think that progression will go fast enough that you could be a starter come opening day?
4: And the talks that I've had with, with Ethan and, uh, and with Chris, that, that's – that's kind of up to how I'm recovering um, and and if I'm having success I think that that's a role that I mean as long as I'm having success I think it's a little bit easier to pencil me in for that spot but uh recovery first and foremost and, and uh, I guess we'll kind of see
1: what kind of are the whole the whole list of outcomes of this <laughs> I mean can you be a big league starter minor league starter big pen bu- big league bullpen what what kind of is the the idea here
4: yeah I mean I, I'm open to anything uh obviously I've been training this offseason to be a starter and that's kind of kind of what's in my mind it, it, it's kind of up to the front office to decide what's the best path to kind of execute the plan but um yeah I, I'm open to anything
3: that's helping the big league club um but, but starting is definitely number one for me. How different was your training? You're healthy, and you know the role you're taking going into this year. How different was the offseason for you?
4: It, it was good. I, I was able to finally tackle some of the developmental things, uh, just working on new pitches and kind of just refining shapes and that sort rather rather than just throwing and feeling good. Um, you know, last year, that was pretty much the name of the game for me it was just it, as long as it didn't hurt, regardless of, of whether I had success or didn't, just uh, talking about my rehab outings out here in ACE before I kind of went out to Birmingham, Charlotte, and so on. It was just, Just as long as it felt fine, you know, that that was a positive takeaway. But um, but now it's it's down to just performing, uh, which is kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, That's kind of what I'm excited for. And just, yeah.
5: When you were in college, did you ever imagine your track would be, hey, I'm going to be drafted really high. I'm going to be a big league starter. And now you're a bullpen guy and you're in the major leagues. Did you ever imagine that was going to be the track that you've gone on?
4: That was, you know, when I was doing my my just early on scout meetings um, across COVID, that was kind of what, what I was preaching to teams just with a, with a shortened season coming up was that I, I could envision myself kind of taking the sail path and coming up in the bullpen and then uh, eventually transitioning to starting. But obviously that was kind of derailed by not only by COVID but by my Tommy John. Um but, but for me, the, the innings build-up, it's it's not as big of a factor uh, in my mind just w- with the five-day routine. Um, I feel like it's a little bit different than going back-to-back back or two out of three or even three out of five. Um, and, and it's not like I'm really rewriting the rewriting the book here. I mean, Ferlander, obviously, he, he's done it for years and years, but, but he was a little bit older and had 18 months off and came back and had a full season ahead of him uh, and, and so have other guys from Tommy John. But with me not having done it in so long, I think that's where the risk comes into play. But in my mind, uh, I know it's been done before, so I think it's something that I could do as well.
1: Ethan or Brian, talk to you about any arsenal changes, or have you been working on anything
6: over the off offseason? Uh,
4: a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll keep that in-house for now. Wait until we get in the games, and, and then you guys can kind of make your assumptions from there, kind of t- t- make your own opinions if it's working or not. But, <laughs> but yeah, I've been working on various things. Uh, kind of was had a little bit of a talk with Bannister before last season ended um, about some stuff to take into the offseason, so so yeah, I look forward to showing that.
5: Just from a mental standpoint, uh, how good does it feel to, to be where you're at right
6: like, now after everything you've been through? Yeah. The struggle, right? It's a long, long process.
4: Yeah, really good. Uh, the past two springs, there was there was no chance of me breaking with the team. Um, so this year, just just having the ability to compete for compete for a spot on the 26-man, especially with so much competition going in the spring, I, I think it's going to be really good for our ball club. And it's, it's going to really push everybody to excel and be their best uh, as soon as we're breaking camp. Um, and uh, I think that everyone's kind of going to be pulling for one another. I mean, you, you want to beat everyone uh, out at their best, as sad as it is to say. But I think that we're just going to rally behind one another and really just push everyone to, to be the
3: best and, and just, yeah, have, have a lot of success this spring. Different feel overall in the organization with Chris in charge? I mean, obviously you, were, you worked with Chris when you were, you know, kinda of, But, I mean, different feel with him, kind of the main guy now. Uh. Or what's, what's the feel like with him? Yeah, it, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like there's a lot of confidence with him running the helm. It, it's it's not a huge difference on the player side because the focus is still out there on the field. But, um, yeah, uh, a lot of moves made this offseason. I I think a lot of the guys feel confident about that. And um, I think that we're just got to rally around one another and play now.
5: What about having uh, new catchers, especially with a guy like Maldonado and and Stassi with their reputations?
4: Yeah, yeah, not even just the reputations they've had as as good catchers and good game callers, but um, the the staffs that they've caught in the past. uh, a, a lot of good arms that they themselves were able to learn from and able to coach up along the way. So uh, uh, I think that a lot of the guys work forward to uh, working with them. Uh, just said then maybe we could uh,
0: experience similar benefits. And we're back. All right, uh, Vinny, first off, like, I'm glad you guys asked. I thought it was funny that he was like, oh, I'm going to keep my arsenal in-house. It's like, all right, like... I. I I don't know. Just like what you got are you? are you gonna try already. to cut it a little bit more? Like what you you're gonna you gonna split? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> spring training, and they're really gonna be like you know, paying attention to you know this podcast, where this is probably the only time that this full thing is gonna air and everything. Like I don't know. We, baseball people are weird. Um. Anyways, uh, it seems very lackadaisical, this plan. The Garrett Crochet plan. It seems like, hey, show up to spring training and we got, you know, you have a lot of conviction that you want to be a starter, so we'll see if that happens. Um, am I off with this vibe? Because that was what we felt with Chris Getz, and uh, I still kind of feel that way after hearing Garrett talk.
1: Um, I think maybe you're looking at the likelihood of the outcome rather than you are the plan along the way, and you're welcome to criticize that if that's what you want. I think what I'm gathering from it is that the plan is, hey, go out and try to be a starter and we'll see if you can do it. You know what I mean? He's the guy who has lobbied for this uh, opportunity. He's gotten this opportunity. He didn't like the idea of going back and forth between maybe you'll be a starter, maybe you'll be a bullpen guy. He thought that he could contribute more to the team than just three outs in in one inning. And maybe that's greedy, right? Because, hey, you're in the big leagues having success as a reliever. Maybe it's greedy to think you can do more but he believes in himself he wanted this opportunity and the white sox felt comfortable giving it to him at this point what the outcome is going to be though I can't tell you. I don't think Garrett Crochet could tell you he was the, the way that he was talking was, man, it really seems like we're going to find out how my body reacts to going out there and going three innings or more at a time. He was talking about, you know, multiple uh, they call them ups, multiple innings, right, of, of, of sitting down after you pitch and going back out there, uh, you know, doing it two, three times. You're going to need to do it more than that if you're going to be a major league starter, right? Obviously, it's early in the spring. He has a month and a half before opening day. But I think the idea is they want to see and he wants to see if his body will allow him to do that with the innings base that he has, with the experience that he has or lack thereof, and with the health issues that he spent the last two years trying to overcome. So I think they're going to find out at this stage whether he can do it, and they're confident that he has the ability to do it, But is that body going to look like it's supposed to after uh, every single outing? He says that he's hopeful that it will, and that they can move this a little bit further along. But he's talking about a slower than normal build-up stage or process because of the lack of innings that he has. I mean it's a month and a half till opening day. If you're gonna be on the opening in the opening day rotation, it's gonna to have to get done in that period of time. Now, I think that there are a lot of outcomes to what this is going to be, but for right now, we're watching a guy try to become What he wants to be, which is a major league starting pitcher, which, to be fair, the White Sox drafted him to be, albeit in the middle of a year when things were anything but atypical. But I really do think that this is an opportunity for a guy who they think highly of to try and get done what he wants to get done, and they're going to see what happens at the end of it.
2: I see this and I saw the uh, video and I think that Garrett is advocating for himself to be a starter for multiple reasons. I think one of them is to eventually get a lot of money because he sees how free agent pitchers get started starting pitchers get more money than relievers. And then he sees the White Sox rotation. He's like, hmm, this this ain't that tough to break camp. It's going to be really tough because it's a month and a half, like you said, until they break camp. But like (laughs) I don't I understand his advocating for himself to be a starter, but for them to say he has a chance to break camp and be in the starting rotation, to me, seems foolhardy because it's such a rush job to the starting rotation. I know he doesn't necessarily have to be in the rotation on March 28th, but to me, this seems like, okay, he wants to do this and we're going to give him confidence that he can make it, which to me, it's... There's no way I mean
0: speaking as somebody Who is in their mid-20s Like of course This person has an inflated ego Like the whole point Of the organization Is to act like You know Who's the dude from Lord of the Rings the, my precious the, frodo guy. frodo um yeah, like asking the wrong person Derek Crochet is a former gollum. first rounder it's who they gollum, uh, gollum. thank you <laughs> not frodo sorry i don't come know come on sarah <laughs> dork um oh also we're being produced today by sarah hi hi um <laughs> uh but they have to, i feel like there's kind it's kind of laxadaisical. like I get your point, like, hey, go out there, see if you're a starter. But, like, we know on paper that he has never been a starter. Like, the reason why he was in the bullpen was to maybe build up innings and use him as a a guy who maybe could go two innings if he was feeling good. But the whole point is, like, he's never gone opening day to the end of the season feeling good and being able to really judge his body. Like, I, I don't think that this is... Somebody that can really tell you with all of their convictions, I can be this because like he's never done this. And and if, you know, you have Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz, who, you know, I've thought highly of so far with their time in Chicago. I know Brian Bannister, I guess, hasn't done anything, um, but I like him um, <laughs> like. It seems like there should be more of a plan and more of a direction. And when Chris said, and we'll get into this in a second, we're going to take a break for our friends at ComEd. Um, when you anticipate him on being on the Major League Club in 2024, I don't think that's best for Garrett Crochet. Uh, we'll wrap up this discussion after
2: the break, but let's talk about our friends over at ComEd Herb. It is getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind. For the health of the planet and the well, and for the well-being of all of us, Who share it, Sean? Yeah, the electric grid is
0: evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So... What should business owners do, Sean? Sh- oh, sorry to cut you off there. They should go to comment.com slash clean. So learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, do not wait. Start making your plan today to switch ele- to electric vehicles because it's good for business and it's good for the planet. And it's good for all of us, uh, actually. Uh, so go to comment.com slash clean. Did you say ComEd.com slash clean? Of course, go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future of generations to come. Vinny, uh, I really just notice how much I miss you during the comed reads because then I'm I'm usually reader one and it's a lot easier and and reader two, uh, you really have down. And you in the whole weight. Yeah, reader I, two is it's it's like I don't I don't know a lot about the Beatles, but it's like if uh, you know, Paul sung a John part.
2: Uh Uh-oh, you're about to insult some
0: Beatles fans. No, no,
3: no, 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 no
0: or The other way around, okay. You know, just, you people are such like chill. You do you, the, the, the sentiment of what I'm trying to say. I get what you're all saying. Right. Uh, let's I let you know what let
1: you're let trying a, to say is if Ringo were to sing a John, I was Stranger. just
3: about to say that the, the drummer Ringo, yeah. yeah,
0: right, yeah, right. Uh, you know, and, and George is a sweetie, we all love him, so I'm not gonna try to drag him, all right. Uh, anyways, uh, let's let you know about our friends over at Circus Sportsbook as well. Uh, They have tight money line splits and a low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus. 115 or minus 120 split and Circa keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures and golf tournaments especially compared to other books which allows them to uh, keep these lines best for you the better and they want you to go download all the other sports books that are available in Illinois I think there's six uh, that are available that you can go uh, download and you can go compare them to Circa Sportsbook the world's largest sports book and most of if not all the time you will see that Circa Sportsbook has the best line for you to bet if you are willing to wait your hard-earned money, why not lay it on the best odds possible for you to get the most... Bang for your buck. Uh, and the best part about Circa too, you're not going to have to deal with any chat box. There are real people behind Circa Sports Brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike the two weeks, three weeks, four months uh, that it possibly can take with other sports books. And all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And if you've ever been to that place, uh, it is a wonderful mausoleum to gambling. They keep that place very pristine. Uh, so, of course, they're going to k- treat anyone who is uh, spending money with them uh, the right way. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app. That's circusports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or some you know and may have a problem with gambling, call 100 gambler, 1 800 426 2537. Text GMB to eight three three two three four. Visit are you really winning.com. All right. Uh, so am I, am I making too much of the lack of a plan here? Because if Chris gets, who said yesterday, the main goal is to keep Garrett healthy. Like it, it seems like a lot of pressure to maybe thrust him into this starter spot. And also too, like we've discussed the idea of an opener, like are, am I just overblowing this and Garrett Crochet's not going to go out there and try to throw six innings. This could just be, Hey, Garrett Crochet's going to f- face the first three batters.
1: I think the answer is all of the above. I think really anything could happen here. And here's a thought. <laughs> maybe he's not one of their five best starters at the end of spring training. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's just ends up in the bullpen again. And it's just because not because he couldn't achieve what he was trying to achieve, but because there's no room for him maybe on the major league roster. Um, you know, again, I think any number of things can happen in my mind. If you were to say to me, Hey, wouldn't it make sense if they kept him on the team? And Maybe, you know, every six days or so he goes out and throws the first three innings. Yeah, that seems to make a lot of sense. But then I asked Pedro Graffold today, are you going to have a five-man, regular old five-man rotation? And he says, yeah, probably. So... You know, um, I don't know if that new strategy that we thought that we were theory theorizing might be uh, coming down the road is actually going to happen. But, uh, you know, I I think when it comes to Garrett Crochet, this is a guy who has obviously has a lot of talent when he's been able to be healthy. He has succeeded for the White Sox pitching out of the bullpen. Um, He's a guy who wants to be a starter, thinks he can be a starter. Hey. The White Sox don't need him right now to be a lockdown relief pitcher, right? You, Herb, you spent the whole offseason telling me how they don't, it doesn't matter who their closer is because they're not expected to win many games. Maybe this is the perfect opportunity. Maybe it's the only opportunity that might arise where Garrett Crochet can take this opportunity to try to become a starting pitcher because, heck, this time next year, if he hasn't figured out this starter thing, they might need him to be a late-inning reliever if they are thinking a little bit better. So I think right now, Everything is set up to allow this opportunity to exist. And I think the White Sox are are, uh, uh, doing a good thing by allowing him to pursue this opportunity. When we get a month and a half from now and we know what the result of him trying to do this is, we can evaluate things a lot better, I think. Right now, it's just, hey, here's a guy who's going to try to do something on a team that doesn't have a lot of, you know, locked in finalized spots, not just for now, but for the future, let's go ahead and give him the next month and a half to show us what he can do.
2: So in your opinion, is it major leagues, no matter what, or bust, like he doesn't need to necessarily be in the rotation, but he's a major league pitcher in 2024 when they break camp?
1: If I had to guess right now, I would say yes. But again, the next month and a half is going to tell us a lot more than what today told us, or what the last two days have told us about what lies in store for Garrett Crochet. Um, and we'll see. He might. He just. It's very possible that he just might not be able to do this uh, for the exact concerns that you guys are raising, or. Who knows? Maybe he's a freak of nature and he he goes out there and he gets a spot in the opening day rotation. But I think so many things are on the table right now. And again, Sean, it's that uncertainty that is bothering you probably. And I think that, you know, the, the fact that they are open to anything wherever this path might lead you know, I think that's probably what the takeaway is today: is that hey, it's possible Garrett Crochet could do X, Y, Z. Hey, it's possible Garrett Crochet could do A, B, C. We're going to find out what those thing, what the final thing is, much further down the road than just right now.
2: I was just thinking, like, the reason why I asked you that, Vinny, is because I was thinking, like, yes, I would love for him to be a starter, but I was thinking, like, using minor league innings to build that up. But you know, right. hey, hey. If they see that he is one of their five best starters and he can actually get through the season, which I don't believe, God bless. Yeah, Getz said, anticipate him uh, on
0: him being on the Major League Club in 2024. Uh, we don't want to close what uh, on the door on what's best for him. And I just thought, like, as much as we talk about the White Sox, how much we've talked about them from all the times that they haven't been playing baseball, um, you'd think, and especially how much, how many you know FaceTime calls Martin Maldonado is making, uh, you'd think that, like, Chris Getz would be like, we are committed to him being a starter. And it seems like it's crazy to just be like, You either make it as a major league starter on day one or, you know, we'll put you in the bullpen. It doesn't seem like they're committed to him being a starter. It seems like, you know, Garrett Crochet had a lot of conviction, so we'll give him a shot and we'll see what happens. And Again, like this is a first rounder. I feel like there should be a little bit more care into, all right, Garrett, if you want to do this, we have enough time in the world with you, we have the opportunity to take a shot with you because we're in this precarious position of uh, being bad. Um, Like, you'd think that, hey, if you can't be an opener on the major league roster, we'll send you down to Charlotte and build you up as a starter there. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like we could have had more of a detailed plan in the, in the, like, 16 minutes we heard about Garrett Crochet's future. Um, I, I really didn't think that there was a ton that was enlightened by either Getz or uh, Garrett himself. So I, I don't know. I, I It seems like the one issue I had with Getz, and I, I want to know your take on this because you heard 35 minutes from him. Um, the difference between him and Rick Hahn is the playing, right? And Pedro Grifols is later going to tell us how much Chris Getz had fun playing the game of baseball. Um, I would have liked Chris to maybe enlighten us a little bit more on the changes that are happening, right? Like I can look at Brian Bannister, his past playing career. We can see his work um, in San Francisco, in Boston, and he's done a good job of, you know, building up pitchers. We really don't know how they're going to try to build up the hitting side, right? We've heard a lot about the defense. Um, It just kind of was like, oh, Marcus Thames is going to have a lot of work on his hands, right? Like Chris knows how to Talk about baseball. Chris has moved his way up to one of the thirtieth, thirty more, you know, uh, herald jobs in baseball, and I feel like Chris really didn't get into that nitty gritty of the off season changes. Um, again, maybe they're just keeping tight lipped because this is like war secrets. Uh, I don't know.
1: Uh, no. I mean, I think. I think you can see it in the actions, right? I mean, obviously, you're talking about words, but I think the actions speak louder, as the old saying goes, uh, which is the fact that they went out and got a, got, a, got a bunch of guys who don't hit or who who don't hit, hit well, uh, at least in recent years. Um, they obviously did not put an emphasis on that this offseason. Um, I think they obviously are putting their eggs in the basket of any offensive improvement that happens is going to come from the guys who are already here. You know, hopefully Andrew Vaughn's better. Hopefully Khan Moncana's better. Hopefully Aloy Jimenez is better. And everybody at home is rolling their eyes when I say that because that's exactly what we heard last season, last mm-hmm. offseason rather, from Rick Hahn, and it didn't happen. Um, but listen, they're not expected to score a lot of runs for a reason. They didn't go out and do anything to improve this lineup. Marcus Thames might be a great hitting coach, and he might unlock some stuff in in those guys who were already here that makes those individual players better. But is it going to be enough to to make them a vastly more productive offense? I don't think the idea was to flip the switch on the offense this offseason like it was to do with the defense, maybe like it was to do with certain aspects of the pitching like you're talking about with bringing in Brian Bannister. I really think that the idea was fix the defense and anything that happens with the offense is gravy. Uh, We'll see if that's what ends up being the case. Uh, But I think this is a multi-year plan to try to turn this organization around. And the big offensive changes in terms of personnel – didn't happen this offseason. They are to come further down the road. They are the arrival of Colson Montgomery. They are some of the other minor league players coming up and the additions that we can't even talk about yet because they're still an entire year away from making their first appearance at White Sox Spring Training. Uh, That's just the read that I get on it. I got the read that they weren't trying to make the offense vastly better this offseason. If they did, the four new position players, starters that they went out, would have come in with a little bit more offensive uh, uh, you know, success on their resume, that didn't happen. And so I think we're looking at a team that is focused on playing better defense, not making so many mistakes, maybe playing a little bit faster and more aggressive on the base pads, for example. Um, but I don't think we're tr- expecting to see a team that's going to hit a lot, lot better than it did last year.
0: In setting that tone for the Chicago White Sox, a second year manager, Pedro Griffol. We got some uh, comments from Pedro Graffold. He'll talk about uh, Garrett Crochet, Michael Kopech. But first off, uh, he talks about the vibe and maybe what's changed uh, over the offseason from his first offseason to the second. Here is Pedro Graffold. <laughs>
5: what do we got Pedro uh, looking at this year compared to coming in yourself last year what what do you feel your personal challenges are that are maybe different from last season
6: um last season was a difficult year but it was a learning experience uh, for myself and for all of us um you know the one thing that we did really well this off season was prepare for this season and um And it wasn't just on our coaching staff it was the front office but our players did an incredible job of preparing Uh, we changed this roster quite a you know quite a bit um we brought in some some guys that know how to win that got experience Um, guys that care about winning care about uh, the clubhouse the team their teammates um when you bring in guys like you know Stassi Maldonado, the young, some of these guys that have been in in organizations that have been winning organizations, and then you have that initial phone call with them, and you talk to them two weeks later, and Maldonado's telling me that you know he's had some Facetime with eight or ten players, he had a Zoom over here, he's had you know, and he's I talked to this guy and that guy, you're like, okay, we're 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 in the right place here, so I think. We're a hell of a lot more prepared this year um, than we were last year, as far as the infrastructure on how we want to do. How was the preparation different?
3: I mean, what did you guys, and why didn't it happen last
6: year? It it it, it happened last year. It was just different. Okay. You know, so how um, was it different then? It was okay. different because our interactions with players and the players' interactions with themselves was different. Um, there's there's a good vibe here. It's a good energy. It's uh, you know these guys have been talking to each other all off season, and. I walk out there now, and we could start spring training right now. I mean, we got—we're missing probably six or seven players. You know, that's it. They're—they're um, they're running four groups of batting practice. Um, most all the catchers are here. We're missing one. Um, it's a it's a good vibe right now. It's a, it's good. What's it's it like been working under Chris? I mean, you knew Chris. You worked with Chris last year, but now
3: as the guy in charge for this time, and you know, especially more intensively in the in the off season.
6: It's been great. You know, he I was his hitting coach in in right. Kansas City. I mean, um, and uh, just just remember him as a player, and now watching him as a leader, uh, it's, it's been great to to see. He's in he's in control of what he wants to do. Um, he's got a plan. He's executing that plan, um, and our, our organization's in good hands.
3: How different is he as a front office guy versus what you knew of him as a player?
6: Well, as a player, um, you know he was—he was, he was just—he loved the game. You know, he was—he was in enjoying the game every day, he has a smile on his face every day, and he has that too here at times, but there's times where he's leading, you know, and he's uh, and he's the boss, so um, it's, it's really good to see him, you know, take charge in those situations and um, and, and have fun at the same time because he can do both. We talked about the, the Dylan Seas being the opening day guy who's here, but uh, as far as the rest of the rotation, you've said there's 10, 11, 12 guys who could possibly start at some point but coming out of camp which which four, five, six guys can we sort of figure out being lined up to well i named our opening They started like six weeks ago and, <laughs> and you reminded me that that was the fastest was it the fastest i
3: don't know I, I don't know if we have an exact record but it's, it's up there though yeah
6: um it was great to see him walk in here though um you know again and 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 he dealt with this really well and he continues to deal with it really well and he understands the business so I'm, I'm i'm glad he's here i'm glad he's a white sock but you know we'll see we'll see where that goes and we have probably 14 starters on the board um I just saw Soroka throw a bullpen. He looked really good. Tukey threw one yesterday. He looked really, really well. Um, did really, really well. Um, uh, Fetty, I'm really curious to see, to see Fetty. You don't do what he did last year, um, you know, and, and, and not have really good stuff and, and know how to pitch. Um, so the rest of the guys are, are guys that are going to have to compete for a job, you know? Um, and I love competition. You know, I love that. I love that part of our camp this year. You know, that we're we got uh, a lot of competition on the pitching side of it, and we got some competition on the position player side. Um, so it's it's gonna. You know, that helps the energy. That helps. Um, you know, the way we want our style of play, the way we want to play the game, and it's it, it it puts an emphasis on playing a faster game, quicker than. Most spring trainings
1: will it be five, or, or, or could you, I mean could you have a, a different look maybe than than the classic five-man rotation?
6: Um, that's still up for debate. Um, it could be six, but you know right now we're not we're thinking five. But you know we'll see how spring training you know with progresses
5: with Kopek, uh whether he's a starter or a reliever is it important do you think for you and him to know early on what that role is going to be
6: um no I don't think so you got to build him up you know and he's he's a starter right now I don't like I'm I'm expecting him to I'm expecting his off-season work to to really propel him to take one of those five spots and you know and be one of our one of our main guys but um you know, uh, we haven't really spoken too much about that. We will make adjustments if, if we need to make adjustments. But, you know, right now he's, uh, you know, he's he's going out there to, to be one of our five guys. Can the same be said about uh, Garrett Crochet? Is he pr- trying to, to win a spot in that rotation or what is the, maybe the plan? He is He is going to be built up to try to win a spot, you know, and we'll see where it ends up. You know, that's what I'm talking about, competition. I mean, we got a pretty damn good roster when it comes to to pitching, and we got some some competition going on out there. So I'm excited to see these guys go out there and, you know, and and compete. Spring training um, used to be, you know, come get yourself in shape, and, you know, our team's almost set. Um, If you're not in shape right now, you're probably going to have a hard time, you know, being one of those guys that's going to go with us to Chicago, you know, because for the most part, um, a lot of spots are open in in that, on that pitching staff.
2: And that was the voice of Pedro Gouffal. And Vinny, what I got out of that is there's, Three guys already locked into starting rotation spots because he pushed back on Bruce asking about the starter reliever for Michael Kopeck. so he's in the rotation. Same thing for Cease. And then Eric Fetty, you didn't sign him for $7.5 million to be uh, the bullpen guy. So those three are spot in the uh, starting rotation. So there's 11 guys for two spots. I just wonder, and I know what he's saying about competition, but how do you compete in Arizona with... You know, the dry air, so your breaking balls is not working as well. How does that go about to get these 11 guys to battle for those two spots that might be open and maybe three? And that was a great question by you asking about the five or six man rotation.
1: Put Chris Flexen in there too is pretty much a a sure thing. I think we heard from Chris Goetz after that signing that he was expecting him to be part of that rotation. That's a major league deal that Chris Flexen got. So I I think it's really just one uh, then of those spots that's kind of up for grabs. But I do think that it is up for grabs. I think that the competition um, is going to be there. You're asking about how they can make a determination. Remember, you're only seeing a handful of innings in a handful of exhibition games the coaching staff is looking at these guys over the course of a month and a half, very intently on everything they do, not just on the mound at, you know, in inside the spring training ballpark, you know, from innings one to, to, to nine on those days, but everything they do in every bullpen, every throw they make, they record all this stuff. You know, you, they've got the cameras set up gathering all the data on every single bullpen these guys are throwing from probably before today, you know, all the way through. So they've got a lot more, data points uh, both literally and figuratively that they're going to be using to make those decisions over what folks at home back in Chicago are maybe just seeing, Oh, you know, Michael Kopeck did this today in in three innings against the Rockies. We've got that to go on. Oh boy. Is, uh, you know, we're, we we got to put a lot of weight on that outing. There's not as much weight being placed on that one outing by the people making these decisions because they have weeks of, you know, practice basically but weeks of seeing them do other things to base those decisions on not to mention everything that's happened before now i bet you you know whether you know as much as pedro talks about competition and i'm not saying he's wrong you don't think he's got an idea right now of 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 who has had a good off season of who Mm -hmm. he would like to see on that opening day roster and it's up to those guys over the next month and a half to change his mind but certainly the off season to this point is part of those part of that data set as well
0: yeah it's going to be interesting because again we think we know what this rotation looks like but hey maybe garrett crochet apparently will be a part of this uh the 14 to 15 uh is just interesting i know he doesn't want to count guys out because what they got 68 people there um but again you think it'd be a little bit more clear I understand they're they're pretty bad but you think there'd be a little bit more clarity uh in what's going on in the rotation but eh. um let's talk a little bit about Yasmani Grandal signing because um, I didn't take much else from Pedro Graffol no Vinny did you take much else from Pedro Griffol? you talked to him longer
1: I mean, listen, it's just the stuff that I've been mentioning uh, in conversations with him previously this offseason, also the stuff that uh, I talked about earlier today and the stuff that I wrote about as well. Um, I mean, I really think that he's very, very intent on this team looking a lot different in terms of what the on-field product looks like. Uh, At the end of the day, it might not mean a lot more wins, but he wants to run. He talked about how last year this team was conservative, that they didn't... uh, take the extra base enough that they didn't steal many bases. He wants to ratchet that up a lot. Now, will they have the personnel to do it? We're going to find out, you know what I mean? But uh, he he wants this team to play a lot differently. And he was asked, how are you going to manage differently? And that was his answer. Hey, once this team starts playing differently – that allows me to manage differently. Once they start being more aggressive, I can start making sends on, on stolen base guys. And I can start doing things from a managerial standpoint that maybe last year's team and the way it played, didn't allow him to do now. Granted, when we talk about the position player group, five of those guys played on last year's team. It's not like you just, uh, you know, come into spring training and say, all right, we're going to run a whole bunch now. Hmm. And suddenly Aloy Jimenez steals 40 bases. Hmm. That's just not going to happen. But, it, so it will be interesting to see if he's able to do it. But a big takeaway, not just from today, but from the offseason in general, is that this team wants to look different with with the intention of that turning into wins. But we can sit here and predict and, and say it doesn't look like they're going to, you know, be a contender for the division. They hope, though, that at, at the bare minimum, this is a team that looks different. And for all you folks out there who were pulling your hair out last year watching them, that it's a lot more easy and fun to watch and you'll, you'll have a noticeable difference in watching them than you have the last two years.
0: I know, but I, the, the whole thing is Pedro Grifol also told the same people uh, who Fred's saying you, you always deliver, so uh, thank you, Fred and uh, middle class dreamers at MSU, which is a name that rolls off the tongue, uh, says thanks for the video. They're getting caught up, uh, so you are delivering for the people, Vin. Um, but Pedro Grifol also said that you know every night we're going to go out and kick your ass, and then you know the White Sox have played 105 seasons and only five of them had a 100 plus losses, and that was one of them, right? Like I, I think it would be an interesting, or at least helpful to know how things are going to change because it's great that they would want to run more, but the leader of on base percentage was Andrew Benatendi with three twenty six. Like they don't get on base enough to even run. And they Correct. didn't change anything like they didn't change. And that's what and that's
1: why and that's why I'm saying we're gonna find out if it can happen or not. I, that's I, why I'm not yeah. sitting here telling you, boy, just you wait folks, you're gonna be lining up outside guaranteed rate field to get in there and watch this team. Because you know, I'm I'm just as skeptical as you are in that they'll be able to make it happen. But you're hearing that they have an intention to make it happen, and you could say, all right, fine, call me in four months and we'll see if that came true or not. Or you can say, oh, I've been sitting here all offseason waiting for them to tell me what the future is going to look like. This is what they are trying to make the future look like.
0: Yeah, and then gets yesterday also said that, you know, he's been in clubhouses before where they said they were going to try to, you know, get X amount of wins. Uh, they're not really doing that this year. They're going to just try to go out uh, and work. So at least, I mean, it is a- aligned with the message, and I am sorry to then, uh, you know, do the per- proverbial shooting the messenger. Uh, my bad on that half, uh, reporter Vinny <laughs> Duber. Uh, all right, let's chat a little bit about uh, Yasmani Grendahl and uh, Tim Anderson. We did a little bit um, yesterday with Grendahl signing, uh, just because on Friday we were so much like, he's not going to sign. He's probably, going to retire. And then two days later, uh, Yasmani Grandal is a Pittsburgh Pirate. Are we surprised, and Vinny, I'll throw this to you, uh, first that Grandal got a deal because we really were uh, kind of hemming and hawing about it on Friday. Uh, And then also too, are we surprised that Grandal gets signed before Tim Anderson does?
1: Uh, Yes, on both counts. Uh, I I mean, I think I brought it up uh, last week when we were talking about it, Yasmani Grandal is a guy who on the day of his last White Sox game last year was talking about the possibility of that being it for him in his major league career. Um, obviously, it isn't. And he, I'm, you know, he didn't want it to be, obviously, at the end of the day. But, um, you know, to hear that speculation coming from the source gives you kind of a uh, uh, confirmation from what your eyes see which is oh this guy's having trouble kind of doing the things he used to be able to do with ease because of the the physical challenges that he had the last few years um but apparently uh the Pittsburgh Pirates thought he was uh, in fine enough shape to give him a major league contract uh on TA I I, I guess the only thing I can say is maybe Yasmani Grandel didn't care how much he got paid Uh, you know, uh, or at least cared less than Tim Anderson is going to care about how much he gets paid. Because, you know, I think we've sat here and said, Tim Anderson is one of the top 30 shortstops in major league baseball. He should be getting a major league contract. Look at what he's done. And he is potentially capable of still doing. He probably should be paid in accordance with that to a degree, even though he's coming off of a terrible season. Um, Perhaps Yasmani Grandal was just like, I want to keep playing Major League Baseball. Sign me up, uh, you know. And Tim Anderson is sitting there waiting for a deal, like so many other free agents still are. Uh, that's the only the only thing I can I, I can guess there because I would have to imagine that there would be a team out there that would value what Tim Anderson can do at higher than what we know from a physical standpoint Yasmani Grandal is capable of doing today.
2: Yeah, I was very shocked that Yasmani Grandal signed a deal. Not only because I don't think he's a good catcher anymore, which that's been the last couple of years, and mostly because of the leg problems, but now he is not a good hitter anymore, which throughout his career, you see OPS pluses in the hundreds, all but the last two years of his White Sox season, a career. And so I don't know what Pittsburgh saw in him and said, you know what, we want to try out that 63 OPS, you uh, asked Manny Granddad with a negative point seven. 07 uh, uh, wins above replacement. That sounds good for us. And Cortese says that Grandal will mentor Henry Davis hmm. uh, as, a, as a person that has heard tangentially things about Yasmani Grandal. I don't know about mentoring. So good luck to him. And I'm, I'm kind of weirded out that Tim doesn't have a deal yet. But I think Vinny says the right thing there. I think there are people interested in signing Tim Anderson. I don't know if tim anderson is interested in signing for what those people want him to sign for and just because a guy's old doesn't mean he's going to be a good
0: mentor no i mean he, he just he might also just be about him uh which is fine and that's hey, fine you know yes. you're, you're a major league player and the other guy's trying to be a major league player it's tough to be a major league player uh but you know i, I don't know yes Monte grandal doesn't seem about uh
2: that life uh, as they say maybe he's like hey turn to leaf he's like in my older career i'm trying to transition to coaching maybe this is the way I can do it then be a coach I don't
0: know yeah. um anyways uh let's chat to because I, I didn't want to do it but also I, I uh Daryl just posted a story about how Pedro full wants more from Tony Larusa. I purposely cut that out uh but I know also uh, Steve Greenberg said that the first person that he saw uh was Tony Larusa. did you see Tony
1: I did not. He must have arrived uh, before in in moments before I did. Um, But no, I did not see him today, but I heard he was there. I mean, he works for the team. He's a senior advisor to this uh, to this organization. So uh, why wouldn't he be here?
0: I, I guess, but I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be annoying. I mean, you know, he can advise. Uh, I mean, who uh, aren't there other advisors? I mean, do you report when other advisors I show mean, up? I would just like Vinny for you to never ask a question about Tony Larusa this year. He doesn't matter. I, I feel I feel like we can we could turn that page. I know you haven't so far. Uh, you you've done a great job. We're very proud of you here. But uh, you know, let's just throw this out here on the podcast. Uh, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about Tony Larusa unless uh, you know some like news breaks or anything like that.
2: Yeah, he's a senior advisor. Let so Brian
0: Bannister, same level. Well, I'm I'm interested in Brian Bannister. We'll play some Brian Bannister. But, like, we're not going to have any media requests for Tony LaRusso this year, right?
1: I I mean, I I have no plans for that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, The Hall of Famer. I mean, (laughs) uh, this is uh, somebody who uh, generates quite an emotional response among a large uh, number of White Sox fans, Uh, as you can tell by the fact that he – keeps getting covered and asked about um listen in terms of folks asking about him he's part of the front office of this team he's part of the part of the the you know people who are if not directly making the decision he is uh, certainly being uh you know, consulted about certain things. Um, and the White Sox have said over and over again that they see that as a valuable resource. Pedro Graffol said today that he sees it as a valuable resource. Um, you know, so I understand that there's a lot of folks out there uh, who would prefer that uh, uh, he wasn't part of this uh, for whatever personal reasons they have. Uh, but he is, and uh, uh, he is uh you know like i said part of the front office um so why wouldn't uh, you uh want to know what he's thinking as his thoughts are being relayed to the people who are making the decisions
2: yikes yeah, i guess i don't um, know if sean has any more serious questions do you uh i, I had one more little topic you ask away i'm, I'm looking at the, you have a pool right behind you i've only seen two or three people walk behind you and no one's using the pool what's our sixty? Huh? It's only 60. It's There's no so sun on that pool. Warm as hell. Um, you going to make a, a dip into that pool in the two weeks you're going to be down there, <laughs> Vinny?
1: i mean i certainly hope so I, I certainly hope that i have the time and the uh weather to be able to do it uh, as sean just mentioned i think uh, the arizona folks uh probably consider this a little chilly i've seen winter coats out and about even though the uh Ugh. temperature is uh, about to uh, scrape 70 today so um listen though you know pool, pool weather is uh, pool weather is a little different than you know hiking weather or or just nice sitting outside weather so i sure hope that i can uh take a dip back here but uh, i don't know if i'd do it right this second
2: look at those crystal blue skies behind you goodness gracious
0: yeah truly uh uh, scenic views from the gila river uh hotel and casino in beautiful arizona what 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 city are you in phoenix oh okay all right thank you i don't i I don't I, i know it's at camelback ranch but i don't know i've never been So is it, is that Phoenix proper or is that? No, it's in Glendale. See, there you go. Well,
1: well, there is some debate on that actually. So Camelback Ranch, which is where the White Sox and Dodgers have their spring training. uh, It, it, I believe the address is Phoenix, which Hmm. is very strange because it is between Glendale and Phoenix. So I don't know how Phoenix gets out there, but, uh, but yeah, there is there is some debate onto to whether Camelback Ranch is in Phoenix or Glendale. I certainly believe it to be Glendale as, like I said, the entire city of Glendale is east of it. Uh, but
2: uh, I don't know. There is some debate. It is not close to downtown Phoenix.
0: Fred, also, I am working on that to get a kiddie pool in the studio so we can match oh. Vinny's vibe. All right, cool. Perfect. I'll get on that right now. Um, yeah, we've been begging Stephen to do a show outside for the past two years. So, hey, maybe we do some uh, so, some uh, kiddie pool outdoor shows. Uh, we have we, I mean, we have the the proper equipment and everything. So. Just put our feet in the water and all right. we're all good we'll to go. We'll just move yeah, this absolutely. table and then put a pool. There you go. I, yeah, it's I, I, I think it's it'd be perfect. Uh, I got one more thing, Vinny. Did you see this? jerseys i don't think you were in the locker room were you
1: i did not see the wait the no what jerseys the spring training jerseys
0: uh well so uh kind of um there were new jerseys that were displayed. Uh, the, there's new Nike-branded and Fanatics-manufactured Vapor Premier jerseys uh, that are debuting this spring. Uh, the Cardinals have shown theirs off. Uh, the Mariners have shown theirs off. The Cubs did it as well. Um, and they are ugly. Um, you look at the back, and here's a picture of the Cubs one, because uh, the Cubs ones were released as well. Um, typically... If you look at the top of the jersey, that MLB logo is more near the top. And there's kind of like a stitching uh, that homes that MLB logo. And the actual names are no longer stitched. Uh, Miles Michaelist uh, Cardinal, said, quote, I don't like them. Everyone should write about it. Um,
5: <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> <The> really <30s. laughs> good.
0: Uh, another player described them as, quote, generic. Uh, this is from Derek Gould uh, at SLT. Uh, at stltoday.com and Michael has also said it felt special like the big leagues uh, that the last name uh, that was stitched is gone Um, but then Nolan Arenado was a very uh, brave brave soul and if you're wondering uh, what uh team, or uh, what company manuf- or, uh, sponsors, Nolan Arenado, uh, just wait, uh, quote, the Nike Vapor Premier jersey is soft, light, and comfortable. It's almost like wearing my favorite shirt out on the field, and it's so easy to move around in. Uh, so, thank you, Nolan Arenado, Nike athlete, uh, for giving that great description uh, on the jerseys. So, uh, they look butt-ugly, uh, but uh, Nolan Arenado is comfortable in them. So, I'm they interested like, to see what the, the socks ones look like.
3: They look like the children's size ones. I said this on the Cub Show. I used to work at uh, Wrigley Field and I used to make jerseys and they look like the letters that they use for the the kid jerseys. Mm -hmm. And then also, yeah,
0: I don't like where the MLB logo is. They like moved it down, which just looks bad. I don't know. I'm not a fan. There's a picture of Lance Lynn's uh, in the STLToday.com uh, article from uh, Derek Gould, and it's just again butt ugly. Uh, it's they're very tight. It doesn't really have that true uh, nice feature, and the best part too, uh, they went from $135 on the Fanatics uh, website to like $165. But so, nice. yay! H uh, uh, gate here I come. Yeah, real real ugly uh, and a real bad look for Major League Baseball. So I'll be interested to see at least how uh, Sox players react. If you guys get into the locker room and uh hear and hear their reactions. But uh any final thoughts from spring training? Uh we got obviously more throughout the week and you can follow Vinny at Vinny Duber uh and look, read his piece up at uh allchgo.com.
1: Yeah, nothing much more from today. Uh obviously we'll be uh, uh on the ground tomorrow for Pitchers and Catchers Report Day. Uh and we should be able to uh hear for hear from some more players, obviously uh see a lot more of what's going on in the backfields and uh, with uh, what everything else is, is looking like. So like you said, stick around all week and uh, no breaks for me, I don't think. So Saturday and Sunday too, make sure folks are dialed in on social media and uh, because we'll be going to camp those days too.
0: They're putting you to work, and I'm gonna actually make one request. Uh, since you're at the Gila River uh, Hotel and Casino uh, there in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, I know you do a lot of uh, short little uh, videos. Uh, why, why not gamble in that beautiful casino, huh? For the degenerate uh, like me, uh, why, why not give so, the people some gambling content, huh? Uh, play a little slot machine, if you will. It, it, you, you don't have to. I know. I know you're on a different uh, wavelength you got than me. Donate to him. Uh, I guess I could. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I need to pay for the content. Uh, anyways, follow Vinny at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat. Writer. make sure you like the video subscribe to our chgo youtube channel we got a ton of content still coming today we got bulls and blackhawks shows that are coming out that's herb lawrence you can follow him at actor wall 23 is our chgo white Sox community leader thank you to sarah for producing the show and i'm sean anderson we will talk to you tomorrow at 5 p.m
2: goodbye